Tires, start your engines! Yellow's out, yellow's out. Bannon's just about out wrecking him. Benji busted her. What's going on? On everybody, wow, rough intro. What's going on, everybody? We're back with episode number twenty-seven. Uh, back in the studio, another week, trying to get back on track. We've been really busy, yeah. Uh, but uh, racing season, I believe, is over for all of us. You have started. My car's on jack stands, so missing the whole front end. Basically, you got it all tore off. But anyway, the uh, green flag is out. We're ready to roll three wide with DJG Dakota. How you doing? I'm doing good. Um, it's been a long week. <laughs> um, how have you been? Not bad. I stayed busy at work. I got a lot to do before Wednesday of next week, but I'll get it done. Um, we've had beautiful weather. Uh, I've been keeping up a lot with the hurricane that came into Florida just cause I have friends in uh, areas that it hit, uh, making sure they were okay. And just, it was really cool. It's not cool that the hurricane hit, but the power of social media, like TikTok, for example, there was so many people from Florida that were just on TikTok live, live streaming as the hurricane rolled in. So I was watching, I was flipping back and forth between a select few people just watching a hurricane roll in, which is really cool to me because like I've always, I'm fast. I love storms like mm-hmm. around here, you know, Midwestern, you get your thunderstorms and an occasional tornado or whatever, but Luckily, I've never been through a situation where, like, a tornado has hit us, but, like, I'm always fascinated by it. So I've always, like, you know, I want to be in an area when a hurricane hits. Not necessarily a Category 4 like this was, but yeah. um, just because some of the areas that got hit. I mean, I watched a video today of a family coming back to their house, and the kid crawled in through the window, and all their stuff was just everywhere. And you could see... So you think a typical doorway is what? Seven foot, maybe. It was an inch like the you could see where the water had been. Right. It was an inch below the top of the doorway. Yeah. Which is insane. I say I was watching first of all, I've been through a couple of tornadoes. Uh do it once, I guess. <laughs> it's definitely an experience. Um, but I was watching the news and I remember watching uh, a woman do an interview. And her husband was paralyzed because he's suffering from cancer. And she was talking about what she had to do or what she did to keep him safe and how helpless she felt. And I was like, that's devastating. And I mean, we knew it was going to be bad, but to actually see the damage that it's done. Yeah. You know, I wasn't expecting that. You know what I mean? But I'm not used to hurricanes. I don't right. You know what I mean? But it was heartbreaking. And then I know like Cletus, they got hit. Not as hit. bad, but... I was I was watching his video. They ended up going out on their little airboat thing, mm-hmm. uh, but pretty much the extent of his damage was a. I think they lost the pole barn, and it wasn't a pole barn. Well, yeah, but it was just like a big. It's like a concrete pad with like a. <laughs> it's a pole barn without the walls, basically. right? Yeah, but they hit his race hauler pretty good. It yeah, had some damage there, but um, other than that. That's kind of the extent of his stuff. He had some stuff at his house, but for the most part, um, which is crazy to me because after college, my plans were to move down there, and uh, the area I was going to move to was part of that that got hit pretty good. So that would have been an experience, that's for sure. Yeah. 
But no, I, I mean, it was it was pretty crazy to watch. I know I was behind a phone screen, but just seeing, you know, wide out conditions, but it just it was rain, not snow. Like you think wide out, it's like, oh, it's snowing here. There, I mean, the wind was blowing, palm trees were sideways, and all sorts of stuff, man. It was crazy. Well, it was like, <clears throat> I saw people talking about, like, oh, well, they should have left. And I'm like, imagine having having to make that decision, first of all, well, of, of leaving your stuff behind. But then, it's like, if you don't have the resources to just up and leave, yeah, I mean, you're stuck there. A lot of people don't have that luxury of, you know, they don't have family elsewhere, things like that, and you got to think you have basically an entire state trying to evacuate. So hotels, condos, all this stuff's booked. Mm-hmm. Like, so you really have, and you know, gas stations are out of fuel. And so what? What do you do? Yeah. And, um, you know, there was a lady I was watching on TikTok where they stayed, but it was because the path of the hurricane changed. And it was like a last-minute notification, like they were under mandatory evac, but it was so last-minute that they were like, we can't go anywhere. Right. And then, you know, you had people stranded in their attics because the water was just so high that that was their only option. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it was just terrifying. I mean, Fort Myers just got absolutely demolished, man. I mean, it's it's gone. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Sanibel Island gone basically mm-hmm. the the causeway to get to sanibel island broke yeah like there's a there's a big chunk of it missing i mean just just crazy the power of water is unbelievable to me um but anyway you yeah. racing podcast we'll get into some racing stuff um thoughts and prayers obviously to everyone yes, impacted sure, and sure. uh i did want to say i'm glad that we have a couple guys in our iRacing league that with you know how to go with through that so glad to see everyone uh made it through okay um but like i said thoughts and prayers to those who who are dealing with the aftermath of it right all right nascar post race at texas top five i did not get to watch this race i didn't watch it either but um we were kind of at the racetrack anyway they were that too <laughs> but uh matt weaver typically does the polling after the races to figure out what th- uh, fans thought about it. Uh, I think it was the lowest ranked race really? he's ever polled. Uh, I heard it was awful. Oh. I heard it was yeah, bad. I got, I got back to the house Sunday night, and I was like, yeah, apparently uh, I was looking at Twitter. I was like, I didn't even see anybody post a winner. I didn't see nothing. I was like, apparently this race was horrendous. It was like our race last night. <laughs> it was yeah. so bad that nobody wanted to talk about it. Eye pacing. Yeah. That's unfortunate, too, about last night. We could talk about that, too. Yeah, it was. I would like to. Yeah, we could. Because. Especially, you know, that's one of my, I'm good at that track. And I think I got caught up in a lot of stuff last night, but I still managed to work my way up to the top 10 at least three times. Mm-hmm. But anyway, post we'll race. At, later. Yes. Post race at Texas, the top five, Tyler Reddick, uh, fourth consecutive non playoff driver to win in the playoffs. Uh, Joey Logano, second. Justin Haley, third. Ryan Blaney, fourth. And Chase Briscoe in fifth. So uh, all the playoff drivers. Uh, we'll go through their finishing order. Obviously, Joey Logano, second. Blaney, fourth. Briscoe, fifth. Uh, so we have William Byron finishing seventh. Kyle Larson, ninth. Denny Hamlin, tenth. Daniel Suarez, twelfth. Ross Chastain, thirteenth. Austin Sendrick, fifteenth. Alex Bowman, 29th. Chase Elliott, thirty-second. 
did not finish. Christopher Bell, 34th, did not finish. Uh, so, playoff standings after Texas. We have Joey Logano, Ross, Stat- Ross Chastain, minus 12. Uh, William Byron, minus 13. Larson, minus 14. Blaney, minus 15. Hamlin, minus 22. Suarez, minus 26. And Elliott, minus 26. Below the cutoff, we have Briscoe. Below the cut line by 4. Sindrick, uh, under by 37. Bell, minus 55. And Bowman, minus 56. Puts these drivers in a tough situation. Um, again, I didn't get to watch it. Apparently, a lot of people had issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, tire failure was a big thing that I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase Elliott, Christopher Bell, Bowman, and, Bowman and Cindric, uh all had tire failures. Uh, and I did see a couple drivers made comments about such issue. Uh, Chase Elliott being one of them. Elliott said, I'm not sure that this is Goodyear at fault. Uh, Goodyear always takes the black eye, but they're put in a really tough position by NASCAR to build a tire that can survive these types of racetracks with this car. I wouldn't blame Goodyear. And then Denny Hamlin tweeted, if you're thinking that maybe NASCAR will look into someone else for tires, keep dreaming. Goodyear pays them a fat check, so they're allowed to gouge teams each week. So (laughs) the opinion on Goodyear and their product is... uh, Varying? Yes. Um, Long drivers. I don't know, man. I kind of... I want to side with Denny here. Just because I think there's enough data available that Goodyear... Has should have access to to make something, <clears throat> you know. I I understand that. I think in general there's a big tire issue with everything right now, but I don't know. I think I think NASCAR should give an opportunity to like Hoosier or someone else to come in and try and compete with Goodyear. I think it'd be interesting. I was going to raise that question though, with um, you know the the effects of what's going on economically and all that good stuff and bad stuff. Um, if they could still use that and as an excuse, if they were to, I don't think they are. I think this is the product that they developed given the, um, standards that they were given by NASCAR. But, uh, I would have to agree with you. I think it's interesting that, you know, they have, they should have data. I mean, it's clear that there've been tire failures from the get go. So, you know, why are they not, or, you know, uh, are they making changes for next season, or is it kind of like, this is what we got? It'd be interesting to know. I feel like <clears throat> you can't sit here and have issues like this and not do anything about it. I mean, mm-hmm. there's got to be something. It may be a complete restructure of the tire somehow, but I I get <laughs> wrong terminology there. Some of you are probably like, wow, this dude's an idiot. But that's... You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be something to, and again, it may not be, it. you know, they might be stuck because of the regulations that NASCAR gave them based on, you know, you have the tire, but you have the wheel size and how the car sits. Just like there was a big problem at the beginning of the season, if cars got a flat rear tire, they couldn't go anywhere because the car was sitting on the ground. Right. So, I mean, I I do see it from both sides. How much of that is just Goodyear simply failing? Not failing, but not performing up to expectations, and how much of it is they simply can't do anything because of the stipulations placed on them by NASCAR. It's definitely interesting. 
It's kind of a And I don't even flip. know where to start. I don't either. Um I will say <clears throat> controversial uh take on this. As much as I love the product that this car gives as far as, you know, we have 19, 20 different winners this season. Teams are more competitive. It might be saving cost in the long run. I think these cars are giving more issues than reward, in my opinion. Are they really saving that much in the long run, though, if you have cars just randomly catching I mean, on fire with no mechanical Probably failure? not, <laughs> but the expectation was, or the, the pitch on this car was that it would save teams cost later on down the road. Um, I don't think it's happened this season. I think it's going to take a couple seasons, um, but... I'm not a. F- I love these cars for what they give, but I hate these cars. And I know we got into that last night, and we'll talk about it today too. But I'm not necessarily as huge of a fan as I once was. I don't think. Here's I heard this saying when I was in middle school, and I'm going to use it here too. Million dollar idea, one dollar execution. I agree. I think there's definitely some big kinks they got to work out, and. I, I would like to think that it's going to happen. I think it'll probably have to wait until after the season's over because it can't make any huge changes when we're in the middle of the playoffs. Right. But the unfortunate part of that is that someone may end up getting really, really hurt before that change happens. And that's what I'm worried about, especially with this weekend is Talladega. So Um, before we go on to this, here's a prime example. Yeah. So Alex Bowman is going to miss the race at Talladega. And I saw the in-car uh, video of him wrecking, and it did not look like anything major. Right. Uh, but following a crash at Texas, Alex Bowman will not compete at Talladega. Hendrick Motorsports announced on Thursday that Bowman had been suffering concussion-like symptoms and had been evaluated by physicians. Following his evaluation, it was determined that he could not compete on Sunday. NASCAR has granted Hendrick Motorsports' request for a waiver, enabling Bowman to remain eligible in the 2022 playoffs. And because of that, Noah Gregson will fill in for Bowman, opening the number 62 for Justin Allgaier. Following the Hendrick Motorsports announcement, Hamlin took to Twitter saying, pretty disappointing that our sanctioning body refuses to acknowledge or accept any responsibility for drivers getting hurt. It's the same they. It's, oh, wait, what? This was uh, his quote. So okay. they put they, or he put they in all caps. <laughs> okay, it's the same they said, we know better. It's wrong these drivers continue to get taken advantage of by the system. Harvick also tweeted saying, currently doing red light therapy with an extremely sore back and neck. All the reasons that the car has issues that need to be addressed. Sore body, car keeps going after extreme contact. He also responded to a tweet from Bob Bob Pockrass saying, uh, completely unacceptable that those in charge have have let Let things get to this point. I remember Danny Hamlin in the presentation of the new car to the drivers pleading that the car was too stiff. Data didn't agree. Time to listen to the drivers crashing them. Harvick also responded to a clip of Andy Petrie discussing the safety developments of the next gen, saying, As you hear Andy Petrie say in this interview uh, when he talks about the industry, I don't know about the drivers, is very telling as to who has all the say in these processes, NASCAR and the teams. So, I mean... Again, watching the video of the wreck, like it didn't look like anything crazy. Well, and that's how I, that's how I felt about um, Kurt Busch's wreck at Pocono. Mm-hmm. Um, did did he end up like backing into the wall like Kurt Busch did? Like, is that I didn't. Uh, he got 
uh, sideways in the corner, and I, yeah, just backed it into the wall. Uh, he able, he was able to finish the race. So, but he, I remember seeing somewhere that he told his team that he he wasn't feeling good, and uh, we now know that he's suffering from concussion like symptoms. Um, what I find interesting, and I was thinking about this today too, is like the the veteran drivers. There's only two of them who's really speaking out about this, but you have Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin coming out, not afraid of dealing with NASCAR's outrage at them speaking out. Um, I'm surprised that there's only two drivers speaking out, but I feel like maybe it's because they've accepted the role as the veteran drivers to kind of speak for everybody. Um, because I remember watching an episode of door bumper clear and they asked Reddick about it and, he seemed hesitant to talk about his opinions on it because of NASCAR. Um, I just wanted to say, if that's the case, it's unfortunate that NASCAR is handling this the way they are. Um, because one, I feel like drivers should be able to criticize the safety. They're the ones who are putting themselves at risk, but then for them to come out and say, well, you guys are going faster and you're hitting at different angles that we've never seen before. Let me pause you really quick. At this point, I don't even think it's criticizing the safety. I think it's them begging for a right. safer product. But this was prior to what we now know. Okay. You know what I mean? This was following Kurt's accident, but not quite Bowman's accident, where, you know, it was it was looked at more of a criticism, like, you know, whatever. Now it's I think it is drivers who are pleading with nascar to do something my thing is we have how many races left we have uh, a handful we go through like the middle of november early november okay like that, i think so i think we have talladega and maybe one other race in the round of 12 and then the round of eight round of four or whatever so we still have a handful of races and like you said you know i hope things change before somebody gets hurt but i think that's i i i don't want to put it out in the universe but i feel like that's just what's going to happen the way that these cars are because we don't have one driver who's out on concussion we have two drivers out in cars that i don't feel are safe and i know they don't feel are safe for hits that seem that are relatively normal for a car to make you know what i mean right and that was my point too it's like nascar's really being like quiet about it or saying like basically pushing off the driver's concerns i also want to add a uh, another accident or another wreck into this conversation cody Ware. mm-hmm yeah, I was going to want to talk about that, too. That was brutal. gnarly. Yeah. Um, brutal. And turns out he did have a break that wasn't noticed the first time around. So uh, he's still going to be racing, from my knowledge, but he did have a break, and he's in a boot now. But um, I just think NASCAR is handling this the wrong way, which is why I'm titling this episode The Downfall of NASCAR. Last week we talked about drivers potentially going on strike and what we thought the likelihood of that was going to be. I personally think, because I've seen a lot of people talk about it on Twitter today, I think that if NASCAR really doesn't do anything about this and keeps pushing or keeps um, suppressing concerns, I would not be surprised to see drivers protest, whether that's this season or they refuse to get in the car again until things change next season. So, uh, wishful thinking here, but say NASCAR goes on strike. Mm -hmm. All the drivers are just like, no, I ain't doing it. Oh, this car's safe. Let's put them all in super late models. Fair enough. Do it. Something. I Bring mean, short track racing back. Yeah. I just, it frustrates me because I'm like, I, th I, I have a feeling that 
it will take somebody getting hurt or worse before NASCAR finally says this think, is what's going on. I think it's very clear that it's or worse because people are already getting hurt. Yeah. And, I mean, you can't take head injuries lightly either. Like, look at the quarterback from the Miami Dolphins. That was his second hit, an injury in four days. Yeah. I, so, I, mean, I, I want to know how he – why he even played. I – I was talking to a guy at work about it today, actually, and he was talking about how. So he took that hit on Sunday, and they were. I guess the team reported it as a back injury and not a head injury. So that's how he bypassed concussion protocols. Mm. Potentially, that's just. And now I, he's going to have to pay for it. I, I mean, mean, those aren't. Yeah. Light hits. Um, I don't know. I'm glad to see that the drivers like Kurt and Alex are like taking it seriously and i think dale dale jr played a part in that with his experience but um back to the safety of these cars i i would like to see first of all i would like to see more young drivers speak out on it and not be worried about the repercussions of that but i really don't want to see anybody get hurt and i i'm afraid that's what's going to happen before anything gets done about it just a quick thought that i had do you think that this begins the transition into, um, you know, how I talked about how, you know, we were talking about the stiffness of these cars and how I mentioned, I believe it was last week, how IndyCar and, like, Formula One and stuff like that are designed to break apart whenever they are in an accident mm-hmm. so that the driver doesn't take the blunt of the force. Do you think that this begins a transition into that for NASCAR? Which... I don't know. I don't think so. Ironically, that would be the exact opposite of what they were wanting to do. Right. I don't think so. Um, And I don't know what the solution is because I'm not an engineer. I'm not a designer. But. I mean, I am and I still don't have a solution. So. So we had this conversation last night and I got pretty heated. Um, I, I feel like if they could take. The old car. And when I say old car, I mean the car before the next-gen. And threw the next-gen body on it. Because these bodies do hang uh, hold up better, but that's because they're different composite. If they could somehow take, like, the chassis and everything from the old car, apply it to the new car, but then still be able to offer the whole, you can have uh, a reduced amount of time of repairs and all this other stuff, it would be a perfect car, I feel like. I don't think the old cars were unsafe at all. I mean, drivers probably still had their concerns, but I mean, look at how far the cars had come with the addition of the Earnhardt bar, the Newman bar, which literally saved his life. Um, you know, and Hunter wanted to bring up those wrecks, but it's like those are not one off. Like- they're not everyday wrecks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, those are like Newman's wreck, I would say, is a once in a lifetime wreck. Yeah, that was like a freak accident. Um, Dylan's wreck, we've seen that happen over the years. But you know what I mean? So I don't know. I want to run a comparison of the first year of the previous gen car versus the first year of the new car and compare like the driver discussion Yeah, and see, you know, were the drivers complaining just as much? And that's why like the Newman bar and all this and that was added. Or, like, were they experiencing the same issues? You know what I mean? Like, was it, you know, were the wrecks endangering people? Or was, like, is this car just the issue? Mm-hmm. 
It'd be interesting, but I don't re- I don't recall that these many this amount of drivers saying no, this car is unsafe. Right. Um, and you know, I was thinking about it on my way home today, where it was like I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know, going back to Daytona when uh, Stenhouse made contact with the outside wall, how far his head moved forward was concerning. How he didn't suffer any severe injuries, I don't know. Miracle. Uh, was it Noah but, Gregson said something about racing a cup car last year, one of the old cup cars, and he hit the wall, and his head moved forward like seven inches or something crazy like that? Like, a, on, And Dylan brought up the point wheel. that uh, he said he would rather hit a wall head-on in an Xfinity car than a cup car, and I saw something else today doing research that um, Noah's made comments about not wanting to run cup because of his run at the uh, championship in the Xfinity series and how if a re- if he got in a wreck in the cup series, it would end his um, or could potentially end his run at that. So I don't know. It's uh, concerning and for NASCAR to kind of just blow it off like it's not that big of a deal or to like save face is just, in my opinion, bullshit. Do you think they're low key like panicking behind the scenes <clears throat> or they have to be because it, I mean, Let's go back to the beginning of the season when we were talking about this and the data and the rumors about the test dummies being killed in these crashes. Do I think they were being killed? Probably not. I think that's a bit of a stretch, but they would have had to have this data back then. I mean, you can't... like, You can't tell me you simulate a car wrecking and you're not simulating a car going rear end first into the wall like the two people that have gotten hurt have experienced. Like, that's... That's not a one-off accident. No. And, I mean, they had test dummies. They had sensors attached to these test dummies. I would have feel like they would have gotten the same data. I don't see how you don't. I also don't think you could pay me a Kyle Busch salary and strap into one of these cars. I would tell you to kiss my ass. I'm not doing it. I'd I'd probably do it. I don't think so. I don't think the the reward is greater than the risk. Uh, I also wanted to ask you what you thought about Kurt Busch. Um, do you think he returns next season, or do you think this is it? I don't he know. Retires. I'm kind of on the fence about it. I think he retires for that same reason. I don't think he thinks the reward is is greater than the risk. I think because you got to think he's he's been out since the concussion or the wreck at Pocono with the concussion. I don't think he comes back because that's a lot to risk. How old is he? He's in his forties. So I mean. Naturally, it's going to take his body a little bit longer to heal from something like that. Right. right? So, I mean, the him sitting out since then makes sense, I guess. But at the same time, it's like, is that him waving the white flag and being like, I'm I'm done? Or, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's yeah. kind of a, like, I said this earlier, but it, it's a coin flip. You know, it's kind of 50-50. But I think I'm leaning more towards the he's not coming back because... You know he's seeing all this stuff happening. He was the he you know he was part of it, um, and like these issues just keep occurring, keep occurring, keep occurring, and nothing's really getting done about it. So, you know, unless some big drastic change happens in the off season to where all the drivers are like every single driver's on board with something that's going on, I honestly don't know if he'd come back, and that might be the smart move for him because if he doesn't. You know, like you said, the risk at this point in time, the risk is not worth the reward. Right. And I feel like, I mean, I'm not a medical doctor either, but um, for him to be out this long, 
I'm not. He's not the first driver to be out this long, or to to be out with a concussion. But to be out this long, I think is telling of how severe it really was. But at the same time, you have. Well, isn't Bubba Wallace running his car now? Mm-hmm. But at the time, like Ty Gibbs was running for him. So, do you think part of that decision had to do with hey? It's seat time for him. Like I, you know, I thought that at first, but um, I he was running for he was in the playoffs, I think. Right? Was he? I don't know. Or I don't think he was. Maybe not. No, I feel like he was because I feel like they. Oh, yeah, because he. Uh, they he, had the waiver and then they waived it because that opened up two spots for yeah. the last race. Yeah. So I thought I was right. So yeah, you are. He was running for a playoff. I don't see him giving up that opportunity, especially for twenty three eleven. Them being a new team, if they had an opportunity to run for the playoff championship, I think they would have absolutely taken it. But I don't know. It's good for Ty. So many like possibilities. I don't think he comes back. I think it opens the door for my personal opinion. It opens the door for Tyler Reddick. They would have to settle because I know RCR said that he would be there next year. Um, but I don't, I don't see him coming back, which is unfortunate. Um, but it's not worth it in my opinion. I don't think so either. Cause I mean, I, I've never had a concussion, but I mean, it can be life changing. I'm sure. So I don't think, yeah, <clears throat> I don't, it just baffles me that you have guys going 180 miles an hour in a car. And like, I understand that it's a difficult task to be able to, provide something it's like hey if you hit a wall going this fast you're gonna be fine like it's not it's not a it's not a guarantee right right, but the old cars handled i mean like i just don't get how nascar has any confidence in the car at this point here's what i thought when they first announced it i was like or hearing the data i was like how did we um how did we step back in progress Comparing this car to the Gen 6 or whatever, the the car before the next gen, um, I feel like we've taken a step back in safety. Yeah. And Chase Elliott made the same point about, I don't think it was about the safety of the car per se, but he responded to Justin Marks on Twitter and basically said um, he feels like we've taken a step back since 1948. So... Um, I don't know. I just feel like we've taken a step back. I think it's unfortunate, um, but I hope NASCAR really is panicking because I I've, I personally think that drivers will refuse to race until things change. I would. I wouldn't want to risk my life and be the next fatality because you know these cars aren't safe. And I think, I think a lot of people are get confused about this about that statement. You know, not wanting to risk their life. I think. Drivers know that every time they strap in the car, like they're not guaranteed. You know yes. what I mean? Like it's dangerous. But this but is unnecessary. There's a certain level of safety that NASCAR should be able to provide these drivers to be like, hey, you know, the chances of this happening are significantly less because the car that we are providing you is safe. Right. And it's just not like. Well, I was going to say. Uh, the way the going back to the way NASCAR's handled it, even when they were testing and there was those rumors about the dummies being killed, I don't think NASCAR handled it 
well at all. They, they kind of just blew it off. They're just kind of like, no, like they didn't. I'm like, well, where the hell did these rumors come from? I mean, it had to come from somebody internally, in my opinion. You know, I don't think people are just going to pull that out of their ass randomly. I think there was legit concern. And now we're seeing drivers get taken out with concussions because the cars don't give. I'm not like a leader of any sort, but when it comes to something like that, if there's an accusation of like, oh, the test dummies are dying, and this, this, uh, may have been out there and I just didn't see it, but I would be providing proof to, you know, people that, hey. Well, I feel, I, I think, don't call me on this, but I think they did give data to the teams, whether the data was true or not, I don't know. But even then, I feel like Kevin Harvick was outspoken then. Yeah. After they received the data. The I'm not public, even talking The general about, public never saw anything. That's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not referring to the teams. Like, the general public should be in the know. You know, you can't just be like, oh, no, 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 that didn't happen. Yeah. Show me that it didn't happen. Like. Right. Because then we wouldn't be having this conversation right now, potentially. And drivers wouldn't be severely injured and <laughs> taken out of the playoffs. Right. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. We'll see. I just, I really hope that nothing happens that NASCAR won't be able to take back. I think well, they could be very, uh proactive right now and i think they're not personally i think if something's going to happen it's going to be this weekend as scary as that sounds i mean but that's just the nature of the beast we're at talladega and i mean luckily so far it's been okay like the super speedway racing no one's gotten hurt yeah but i mean it just takes that one yeah that one time i mean it it reminds me of uh Maya snyder at daytona yeah so, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, out of all this, though, I really wish not to start, like, shit. Not that what I'm about to say does, but I would like to see the younger drivers. I would like to see more drivers step up and start talking about it without fear of repercussion. Because they shouldn't have to fear that. Like, they should be able to be honest and say, hey, this car's shit or not. It shouldn't. But I am glad that Kevin and Denny are kind of taking on that role. I'm glad that somebody's talking about it. And not worrying about, you know, the the impact of that. Yeah, I just hope drivers, other drivers, see that and are like, okay, well, I'm going to start saying something too. Because I think if, you know, NASCAR, I think NASCAR knows that all the drivers are on the same page. But if nobody says anything, like, they can deny it as long as they want to. But until all the drivers are like, no, like, this is unsafe, blah, 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 blah. I don't think that's going to happen. Right. As much as I hate to say that. No, I agree with you, though. I don't see a driver being like, no, this car is great. I love this car. Right. But, anywho. Moving on. Uh, Jimmy Johnson is retiring from full-time racing. Um, on Monday, Johnson announced that he was stepping away from full-time racing after competing in the IndyCar Series for two seasons. Uh, one part-time season, one full-time season. Despite his announcement, Johnson said that there are several bucket list events that he wants to compete in, uh, including the Le Mans Rolex 24 and the Indy Charlotte Double. Um, I, th- I thought that announcement was interesting, but... I don't really have much to say on it. I mean, Jimmy's I don't either. been racing for... 700 years. 
I do want to say congrats. So I think he's had a very great career. Um, and so, um, well-deserved. I know he said he doesn't like the word retirement. So whatever you want to call it, but, um, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there. I thought it was interesting. Oh, for sure. I mean, Jimmy Johnson made a pretty good name of himself from racing. So I think that's a pretty big announcement, you know? Um, and he's been able to do both like in NASCAR and IndyCar. And there haven't been that many people to be able to do that. Um, granted, I will say, I think NASCAR probably helped him. I'm going to, I'm going to go on further with this statement I'm about to make. He hasn't had the success he had. He hasn't had the success in IndyCar that he had in NASCAR. No, but branching off of that, he also wasn't in IndyCar very long. Right. Two seasons. Well, one half season, one full season. Um, but I think he did pretty damn good for. I would say though, I think it's a big adjustment. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the jump between the two ends careers. <laughs> um, Juan Pablo Montoya really didn't have a successful career. Danica, Danica Patrick, Patrick. <laughs> uh, committed career suicide by doing it. Um, I think now I know she gets a lot of shit. I th- and Kelly Earnhardt even said this that if she stayed with junior motorsports longer than she did she might have been more successful i agree with that i think danica really just rushed it um and and kind of ended her own career but the jump from indycar to nascar and in this case nascar to indycar is not easy and i also think that jimmy knew that obviously but didn't worry about ending his career because he already said he was done with nascar so it was like a hobby to him i want to get some opinions um, one from you, but from anybody who feels uh, free to comment on this. Do you think it would be more difficult from a driver's standpoint to transition from NASCAR to IndyCar or from IndyCar to NASCAR? IndyCar to NASCAR, I think would be harder. Um, I think they're both difficult, but I don't know. That is a good question because, I mean, two different playing fields. Um very but I, different. but I think maybe it's just Jimmy Johnson as a driver. But I don't think he had like a terrible tenure in IndyCar. Whereas you look at Pablo Montoya, Danica Patrick, um, they had rough transitions. But Tony Stewart came from IndyCar to NASCAR and had a phenomenal career in NASCAR. So I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends on the person. Uh, real quick, what do you think? I want to say. IndyCar to NASCAR is more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. That partially might just be because I'm more familiar with NASCAR than I am IndyCar. Right. I know from, like, I think from an engineering aspect, IndyCar is more difficult. Because, like, just the way the cars are built and all this, that, and everything else. Like, I'm not undermining the engineering that goes into nascar but but i think any cars are more um technical i mean i don't think that i know that they are right you know what i mean there's more moving parts to an indy car more and i want to say more engineering i engineers please don't come for me but i i i think that they're more um whatever i just said more engineering involved because of the the sensors and and everything else involved in an indy car to make Aero. an indy car go yeah whereas like nascar i mean it's pretty like simple 
Yeah. Not to me, but you know what I mean? There's not a lot of moving parts compared to IndyCar. Yes. Um, um, some more IndyCar kind of NASCAR news. Uh, Charlotte Roval. Connor Daly will be making his NASCAR Cup Series debut. Um, obviously not a full transition. He's staying with IndyCar, but he is running the Cup Series race at the Charlotte Roval. So I'm excited to see how he does with that. I'm a big Connor Daly fan just because he's a Indiana boy. I've raced with him on iRacing on multiple occasions. Cool dude. Yeah. Um, I follow his Twitch. I've talked to him through his Twitch chat, everything. Um, love Connor. So good. I wish him the best of luck on that. Expectations? I'm not sure. I really don't. It's a road course, so he yeah. has that in on his side. But again, cup car, not any car. I hope he has a good run. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hmm. We'll see. I wish they would do more of that. Like well, more NASCAR is he drivers. Running? Is he going to be running for that? Uh, what? What is it? No. Well, I don't know what team he's running for. I can't remember. Um, it's not the. I don't think it's Project Ninety One. Okay. Uh, but I don't remember what team. I think it. I don't know. I'm not even going to pretend to know. I don't recall. <laughs> I remember seeing it, but I glimpsed at it, and I don't even remember seeing it. I just saw that yeah. he announced that he was running the Cup bars. All right. Well, moving on to Mount Lawn last weekend. That was a long weekend. We spent yeah. two full days at Mount Lawn, just kind of doing our thing. I told somebody I was like, I've been I've been racing at Mount Lawn since twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, and uh, that was the long. This has been the longest season. In my opinion, it feels like it's about the same. I know why you're saying that, though, but it's because of the amount of issues you have had with your car. You think? I 100% think that. I was sitting there, I was like, this, (laughs) I love this place, I love the racing, but God, I'm ready for this to be over. I will say, I'm thankful that you did not race stock compacts (laughs) last weekend. That race was chaos. If you weren't there, um, it was shit. They started what 30, 30, 35 stock almost compacts? almost forty. I'll say that almost forty compacts, um, a wreck fest, and people behind me were saying, "This is awesome! This is awesome!" I'm like this is fucking boring. Like they're wrecking each other. They're spinning out in the infield. I'm like, I don't know who who's it finding enjoyment in this. Not right. me. This is awful. Um, it was a shit show, but. Maybe to somebody else it was awesome, so not to me. I didn't like it. Um, I do want to note, uh, I feel like the Crown Vic 100 lapper was probably one of the cleanest races of the night. I think it was one of the, yeah, absolutely the cleanest race um, of the night. Um, One of the better ones. Um, But, yeah. So, um any other thoughts on that before I go through? I'll go through. Uh, no, I'll, I'll talk about it when we get down to okay. it. But. So your late model feature winner was Austin Coe. Your stock compact feature winner was Chris Gray. Your modified feature winner was Harold Scott. That's the name we were looking for. <laughs> we couldn't last remember. Um, pro compact feature winner was Zach Morris. And your Crown Vic feature winner was Matt Whitty. Um, wanted to say congrats to you for your 19th. Please finish. I can't remember. 
Yes, 19th. Your dad was 15th. 15th. He won a heat race this weekend. Um, not sure if they listened, but I wanted to thank um, Travis Lee for um, racing my car on Sunday. Uh, he stepped in for me and finished 7th. Um, so, huge thanks to him. Um, so, at first, it seemed like a relatively good weekend. Um, we find out, what was it, Wednesday? Wednesday or Thursday? That there was some controversy. So and I will let you on. take that on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down through this really quick. Uh, first off, I think I'm going to save the, the controversy for last. Sure. Uh, but so going to the, uh, the crown Vic race, um, <laughs> we were at our driver's meeting and they told us that they were going. So typically at Mount Lawn, if you go into the pits, there's a white line that they have. If you cross that white line to go like back to where your car is parked, you're done during your feature. Um, so during the race, if you, there's like another, like a separate pit lane that goes back out onto the track, you can stay there and like make quick repairs, change a tire or whatnot, whatever. But typically they make, I'm about to sneeze. (laughs) Typically they make you wait until the next yellow flag to come back out on the track. Well, they made an exception for the crown Vic race. They decided that they were going to let people come back out on the track under green flag conditions. Was it at the discretion of the guy standing there? At the discretion of the gatekeeper we'll call him um would he let you back on the track under green but they were still letting people back on the track under green which i think saved a ton of people which is why i didn't finish as well as i wanted to so we're at a driver's meeting and we get back and uh, everyone's like you're starting on the pole i'm like hell i am (laughs) (laughs) i was like i am not starting out front for this race because a lot of people are very impatient and uh so we got all lined up. Do you mind if I ask you, um, do you, are you, are you happy with that decision? Or if you could go back, would you have started on the pole? I think knowing what you know now, due to my lack of experience, I would have still, because of that, like I'm going to the back mm-hmm. as I get more comfortable behind the wheel of the car and maybe get some things figured out. Cause I just think me starting up front, like I'm too slow to be starting on the pole. Like I'm going to get shoved into, because Frank Hardcastle was, right behind me mm-hmm. and he he's typically pretty fast you know so i started in the tail and in three laps he was lapping me if that tells you anything like i would have gotten shoved into the short turn fair enough and, you know i just i didn't want to i didn't want to deal with that mm-hmm. um so uh i went to the back just kind of hung out let people do their thing was just kind of trying to not destroy my right front tire I'm, I realize I am very, very hard on the brakes in that car. I, I'm going to have to change some brake fluid because, let's see, we only had a handful of cautions. Mm-hmm. We had one red flag because someone put oil all around the track. Like, Oh, because he blew up and then went on the track not once but twice. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, that was about halfway through. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I mean, at that point, I was just... Staying out of everybody's way, which I feel like I do want to say, I feel like I did a pretty good job of doing so. Um, I'm getting used to recognizing when people are there just based off the noises I hear inside the helmet. Um, You know, it's hard whenever 
all the lap cars are staying on the outside, and you're like, I'm faster than these guys, <laughs> but I don't know if I can come down to pass them. Right. Uh, but about halfway through the race, my brake pedal started getting real, real, real soft. I was like, oh, boy. So red flag comes out. I'm parked behind Greg on the front stretch, and uh, I shut the car off. We're just sitting there, and the car's super hot. Like, I can hear everything cracking and, you know, making noises like a car does when it's hot. And uh, I go, we get ready to get going again, and I uh, I turned the car on, and I went to push the brake in to put it in gear, and it went all the way to the floor. Like, there was just a little bit of catch right at the end. And I put it in gear, and it, like, started to creep forward, and then it stopped. Well, come to find out after the race, Greg had the same issue, but his was worse. Yeah. Because he was in front of me, and he had his foot all the way down on the brake, put it in gear, and the car didn't stop, and he bumped into the dude in front of him. Uh, but uh, at, from that point on, I mean, I ran about 30 laps with basically nothing for brakes. And when you're driving that hard into the short turn, you're like, I don't know if the car's going to slow down or not. It's kind of scary. Not to mention after the fact, or like at that point, there was oil dry all the way around the track. So it was a huge dust cloud. And mm-hmm. then you're like, I can't see. I don't know where the edge of the track's at because there's a huge just cloud and I'm on the outside. But eventually I was trying to pump the brakes, get them to come back. Nothing, nothing. I finally got them cooled down enough that I had brakes and I finished out. I was, I mean, I was laps down, so it really didn't matter me passing people. But I was passing people that were also laps down and just good experience what it's like passing people and maneuvering this that and the other so it was fun um there was some drama there yeah <laughs> i did want to say though before we cover that because boy um i was gonna say you did look a lot better this race and i was i was proud um it looks like about halfway through you could tell the first half you were like kind of like just reserving i guess and then it was like you really just kicked it up and i was like damn he's actually doing this um but yeah there was there was drama in that race too i will say i do want to point out which we thought my car was only firing on seven cylinders whenever we had the 50 lappers so we changed the spark plugs ignition coils and uh fuel injectors and the car sounded so much better Mm -hmm. um i think i ran somewhere between a half a second to a second faster uh, last weekend than i did for the 50 lapper so i'm okay with that improvement got a lot of stuff to get figured out you know I think I'm going to change rear end gears and all this stuff. Because I think that's where a lot of people are just faster than me. They pull me on corner exit. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. Um, my right tire, my right side tires looked great. Um, I think they probably got another race or two left in them. Which is crazy because I ran all 100 laps on them. Just, you know. And my la- my tires from the 50 lapper were gone <laughs> at the end right. of that. Um, but let's see, we're pulling off and there's some drama between, do I name drop? Mm, I think all of Facebook knows about it by now. Um, we don't have to, I won't name drop, I won't um, name drop. but two drivers <laughs> who, I don't know if they were bad. It was for the lead, I think. Yeah. And I don't know if it had anything to do with points or not. I think it did. And well, I don't know. Cause Maybe not, because I think in the driver's meeting, they pretty much said everyone was decided except for the modifies. Okay. So I think it was just for the lead. But 
Anyway, one driver said that the other driver, like he was beside him enough that they made eye contact. And the driver on the outside just cut in and spun out the driver on the inside, thus taking him out of contention for the lead of the race. And a lot of things transpired after the race. Uh, Both drivers stopped in the uh, big sweeping turn and had some words. Um, There was almost a fight in the pits afterwards and then some words said on Facebook that I tried to keep up with, I haven't looked at recently. It's unfortunate because I found myself, we found ourselves in the middle of that fight. I wish I had a microphone. Sir, can you tell me what's happening? I did have GoPro footage of the uh, 100 lapper. My GoPro shut off on me twice. And I think, <laughs> so the first time, I think it just got too hot. Yeah. Um. So under the red flag, I turned it back on and started it again. But the second time it turned off, I don't have the door on the side to like keep the battery in place. And you think it just slid out a little bit? No. Um, so there was one time where in the big sweeping turn, I got up a little too high and there's a big ass pothole right there. Like it just drops off. I hit that so hard and I was like, Oh, my right tire. Like I bent the rim. I was like something. I was like, there's no way. I think when I did that, it slid the battery out enough to just turn it off. So that sucks. But Hey, yeah. um, the quality of the video looks fantastic. Um, so I I debated on uploading it because a lot of it's just me getting passed by the leaders. But it, upload it. <laughs> but we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, so let's see. Moving on to the modifieds. So first off, I want to give a huge shout out to Harold Scott. I know he's never going to listen to this. He has no idea who we are, no idea who I am, no idea who Dakota is. I'm sure, but um, he's a He's up there in age, mm-hmm. still racing modifieds, winning modified races at that. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, had a major surgery. Was it like a heart surgery or something like that? I didn't even know about this. I didn't either, uh, but had a major surgery just a couple weeks ago and was back in the seat of the car and won the race. So, I mean, just absolutely insane to me, especially like I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say he's old or whatever, but like. Just from, like, even, like, my young self, you know, I'm like, dude, if I just had a surgery like that a couple weeks ago, ain't no way I'm sitting in a race car. And he's like, ah, whatever, I don't care. Right. You know, so I'm extremely impressed by that. So hats off to him. Uh, Congratulations on his win. So coming down to the drama and the modifieds, it was the points championship uh, between two drivers. I will name drop these two drivers. Uh, Yeah. I don't race with them. Uh, so it was TJ. It was uh, or not TJ. Uh, the point, JJ Schaefer. JJ Schaefer and Ryan Emmett. Ryan Emmett. And like I said during the drivers' meeting on Sunday, the promoters made it very clear that every champion had been decided except for this division. And Ryan was in the lead, and twenty-one points separated him and JJ from the championship. And so this race was going to determine the winner. Um, and so that was like the, the context of, of what was leading up to what we now know. Um, I'll let you take over and then I'll throw my two cents and maybe at the end, cause I know that my opinions might not be so well liked. Basically what happened was, um, I think Ryan was ahead of JJ was involved in an accident and Mount Lawn has a tap out rule. So if you spin somebody or whatever and you want to take blame for it, 
you reach your hand out the window, tap the top of your tap the top of your <laughs> roof, and you get sent to the tail. The car that you spun gets their spot back. So Ryan did that. So he got sent to the tail, which at the time seemed like, hey, there goes his championship. Yep. Uh, so at this point in time, I think I believe JJ had it. Well, there was a wreck coming to the checkered flag, I believe. I mean, it was towards the end of the race. Towards the end of the race, something happened. And Ryan's transponder fell off of his car. So due to that, they had Aminette scored 14th, finishing 14th. Yep. And uh, so they went, they found the transponder, they figured out whose it was, they knew whose it was, and they went back, and I I don't know if Aminette's team went and told them. Well, my understanding of the Facebook posts were they found the transponder after everything was said and done. After the wreck, I don't know, I don't know what transpired after that. But the track says that they were made aware of this development on Monday. Ryan's team contacted them and said, "Hey, we were scored 14th, but video shows us finishing 10th. So what's going on?" Um, they discuss it and decide that after everything had already been said and done, they were going to. Um, I don't Keep know. in mind that. By Ryan being scored 14th, that gave J.J. Schaefer the points championship. And it was like by three points. It was a very small margin. Um, so I didn't want to say revoke the championship, but they named they had already named J.J. the champion after the race, um, which I'll have that opinion in a second. Um, Ryan's team contacts the promoters on Monday. The promoters make an announcement on Wednesday, I think it was saying that they found an error with what happened and because of this error they were going to score Ryan finishing 10th because by the video that's where he finished and by him moving up four positions in original originally thought that gave him the the points championship and he was named the rightful champion and then it led to the controversy that we're now watching play out yeah, so, uh, again, they basically took the points championship, gave it to Ryan, and I don't know the extent of what's being said, but I know... I try to keep up with the comments, and I try really hard not to say anything, but... I I understand being upset over the issue from JJ's point. And I will say, though, I saw the tracks announcement first, jumped over to JJ's Facebook, and saw his comments uh i think his comments came first his post came first and then the track followed up um but anyway you can but i guess you know i understand being upset but i mean i feel like the track the promoters did the right thing here by clearing everything up you know we have video proof of how everything went down where they finished and they corrected their issue. So, I mean, you can be mad all you want. But I, I feel like it's stupid to be mad at them. They did the right thing. Yeah. I want to make a couple points, and it's going to be, like, very scattered. My first point is, um, and I told Hunter and Jarrett this last night, they would have gotten shit on if 
they did not name a champion because people were saying they should have waited till they were 100% sure. Okay, but if they waited and did not decide that at the time who they, who they thought the champion was, there would have been con- there would have been uh they would have received backlash. Okay. I, I want to add to that. Like that's part of the reason. I mean, I understand, but like having the transponders helps with that. They can keep real-time track of where the points are. So, realistically, had the transponder not fallen off, this would have never been an this issue. This would have never been an issue. Yeah. So, whether it, you know, stuff happens. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to point fingers. I'm not going to say that this was on purpose or anything like that. Cuz I don't see how you do something like that on purpose. Right. So, uh, well, yeah, and and that was a point I had made to you guys too. It's like how many times are transponders falling off the car? Never. It, it's literally the first time in a long time that I can remember. You made a good point though. I I didn't think of it that way. If it had not fallen off, this would not have been a conversation to begin with. Right. Um, so, so for people to be pissed off at the track and at the promoters, um, for this situation, I think is just wrong. Yeah, I, you, I think they did what was you right. You can't tell them to not name a points champion whenever they have the real-time data to keep up with that throughout the entirety of the race. Like, right. <clears throat> the transponders help with that. Right. So, I mean, had everything gone according to plan, like... This wouldn't be happening. But uh, I did want to say, though, because people were... were Saying, well, they shouldn't have made a decision then. Well, okay, you guys would have bitched at them if they didn't. Because that was the only division that wasn't decided. All these other ones were single-handedly decided who the champion was. So you would have shit on them if they didn't do that. You're shitting on them now for making the right decision. Um, My second point is... I cannot speak from experience because I've never won a race and had it taken from me. I've never won a race at all. I'm okay with that. I've never won a championship and had it taken away from me. But for somebody to go on Facebook and demand a public apology and to say that they're not racing at a track again and everything else that was said, I think that's a bit much, in my opinion. I would understand it. Like if I would be frustrated, too, in the moment, but it's like... It, it, I would understand it. I don't like, see it as big as as what they do. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I like I said, I would understand it if like the track wasn't in the right here and like they were just blatantly like do this. You know what I mean? Like just ignore it or or you know something even more dumb, like something even more stupid happened right. causing an issue and then, you know, just taking it away because they felt like it. Right. It's not like they just didn't want you to have it. Right. You didn't win it. So and I mean, like I said, I can't, I, I, I don't want to criticize JJ for how he handled it, but me personally, I don't think I would go on Facebook and demand a public apology and everything else that was said and then say, I'm not racing here again. I don't think I would let that bother me to the point where I'm like, apologize now and I'm not racing here again. Um, that brings me to my next point. The promoters didn't even want to do the points Mm-mm. at the beginning of the year. They did not want to do it. They were very against it and jj even mentioned that in the comments that well if they were against it they shouldn't have done it but who do you think led them to do it it was the drivers bitching about wanting a points championship Mm -hmm. not saying that you supported it my guy but this is a potential product of what this whole thing was they said we don't want to do points because of the issues that it could cause driver said nope we want to do it they say okay we're gonna do it and then you're the one that gets bit in the ass for it which is unfortunate and i feel bad for you but 
This mm-hmm. is the whole reason why, which is why I said I would not be surprised if they came out and said, we're not doing this again. I don't think we'll have a points championship, which is unfortunate because I think if it is ran well, which it didn't seem to be an issue until now. Um, I think that like publicly bitch at the promoters anyway is a wild move considering they weren't even going to come back this year. Well, one of them wasn't. Um, and I wonder if he is regretting that decision, which is unfortunate because I think he's a good dude. And they I was did a great <clears throat> job this year. I will say. Agreed, but I like I told you guys last night, I feel like there are valid criticisms that they could be mm-hmm. told because I have a few of them. I'm not going to share them now because it's irrelevant at this point, but I think there was some decisions that they made were shit. And, uh, but that's going to happen. Like, it's they gonna, can't well, please everybody. Right. Um, but my, my, my one thought would be if you're going to make rules, stick with them. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, back out of it or, uh, bend the rules for certain people. I feel like that happened a lot this year. But this is one thing where I'm like, you can't really bitch at them for this. Um, but yeah, I do think overall they did a good job, and I think they did what was right here. And I'm glad to see that. It seems like more people are are agreeing with that than mm-hmm. they did the wrong thing. Absolutely. Um, I don't see how you could look at this as them doing the wrong thing. Obviously, unless you're. <laughs> well, I mean, if okay, but but. You know, somebody who supports JJ in the comments. That's what I was saying. Somebody was like, "That's what I was getting at." Somebody was like, "Well, well, well what if it was the other way around, and it was JJ's championship, and you know, or it was supposed to be his win, but they gave it to Ryan, and then because you know what I mean, like if it was just the opposite, you would want JJ to be named the rightful winner. Absolutely. So it's like, why are you? I understand it's frustrating and it but sucks, but I would also like to add that. Uh, Ryan's team took it upon themselves to make sure that, you know, they had the video evidence. They presented the case. Yeah. You know, they presented their own case. They were like, okay, you can't deny that this is proof of what happened. Yeah. So, I mean, like, obviously, if you have that evidence and, you know, on your side, why, you know what I mean? Well, and then people are like, well, they turned it in an ass car and watched the replay. Well, it's like, yeah, well, if I was supposed to win the championship and it was off of a technicality because my transponder fell off for whatever reason, I would want to protest that decision too. It's it's bullshit. That's a bullshit excuse to be a, a, a bitch about it. Just be like, quite frankly. What, what if his transponder died and just wasn't giving lap times? Right. He still finished in that spot. Just because the transponder died doesn't mean the car did. Well, and people were asking that too, you know, whose responsibility is a transponder? And it's like, as a driver, it's your responsibility. But if... But, like, you know how we have the pouches that we put them in. They're zip-tied, whatever. Um, again. you hit just right, that's going to break. <laughs> right. So, it's like going back, how many times has this been an issue? This is the first time it's happened. That I'm aware um, of. Yeah. It, I feel like we would have known if it happened more than this instance. But even then, um, somebody was saying, and I think this is true, too. First of all, the track doesn't have rules, to my knowledge, that say, if the transponder falls off, then it doesn't count. So there's a loophole. Um, but people were saying, you know, transponders help with timing and scoring, but doesn't change the fact where a car finishes. And then you had people saying, well, if the transponder doesn't cross the line, neither does a car. And I'm like, you can't do that, in my opinion. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So um, sucks for JJ, and I, I'm heartbroken for him in a way because it's like you think you won and then – you know, things come out to light that you didn't win. 
but I just think there was better ways to handle it and maybe it was a heat of the moment thing and he'll he'll back out because I don't want to see him leave Mount Lawn like I don't either. To me that's like motivations like go out next year and be better. Right. Make sure you win it next year. But if if you're going to let it hurt you that much that you're like I'm done with this track then it's it, that's unfortunate to me. I think I hope he comes back but you know I I'm not going to say what I wanted to say. Oh, but I'll get crucified for this. It's no, okay. You don't have to. I'll say it. I'll no, say it's okay. It. I don't no, want to pressure you. No, it's fine. I think that if something like that's going to make you not want to race at the track anymore, like the track doesn't want you there. Fair. Like the track wants people there that want to be there. I think it's fair. Yeah. I agree. And like, I'm not trying to single him out. I'm saying anybody, like if you're just going to, you know, if you. It's like, no, I agree because it's like drivers bitching about the rules when they get disqualified for breaking said rules and how they don't want to come back, then don't come back. You know what the rules were. Okay. I said I wasn't going to do it. I'm going to do it just to even out the playing field here. One of my criticisms is uh, the stock compacts where the rule was there was a breakout rule. And if you broke the rule, you were black flagged, you were disqualified. At one point, they wanted to push people up, but were afraid that they would lose drivers, which I'm like, I don't give a shit. They know what the rules are. When you sign the contract at the beginning of the year and you acknowledge the rules, there should be no room for you bitching about the rules when you get disqualified. Um, so that's my thing. So then you have drivers who get disqualified. They bitch about it. I'm never racing. Bye. Don't come back. Right. You know what the rules were, so why why even bitch about them? And then the fact that there were, and I'm not going to name drop because I'm not going to start shit with them, there were people who got the rules bent in their favor. My other point is, the whole reason, well, not the whole reason, I've wanted to move up, but somebody was talking to me about it during the weekend, about me moving up to Pro Compacts. It's like, if all of these guys and girls are not going to move up, I'm not seeing anybody out here. I'm just saying, if these people are running as fast as the Pro Compacts and they're not going to move up to compete with people of their caliber or cars of their caliber, and they're just going to stay down here and dilute the class that was made to be for um, new drivers and and people who are trying to save money. Why would I not move up? If they're going to stay down here and, delight, and dilute that, I'm going to move up. I'm going to have to spend money to do it, but but I was also ready to move up. I've been wanting to do it for a couple of years, so I mean, like, now is better than never, but you know what I mean? Like, follow the fucking rules that you put out and stop trying to, like, backpedal on it. My biggest criticism... And if you're worried about losing drivers, bye. There are other tracks you can go to. My biggest criticism is letting people race in classes that shouldn't be racing in those classes. Right, which was also a rule at the beginning of the year that you couldn't race one class and dip down into a class that was for the new drivers. I mean... Yet you allowed that the second race. Right. And, you know, for example, there's a guy that races Crown Vicks that also has a street stock. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I believe at one point he was, I, I don't know if this is true or not, don't hold me to that, was in NASCAR or involved with it in some way. So why are you racing Crown Vicks? You need to tell me who you're talking about. I think I know, but... uh, He was involved in a little skirmish. Okay. He is a sponsor of a division, hmm? I don't know. Maybe the Pro Compacts, if that's... I don't know. Not name we'll dropping. We'll talk off there. <laughs> but, um, but that's my thing. It's like, why Why would... 
the whole rule was like you can't we can't let drivers who are racing in modifieds street stocks weight models coming down to race crown uh, crown vix or compacts and then they did away with that completely um which i know we talked about that before and you were like you know it, it's i think you said i i would think that it's a good experience to be able to race with drivers who are racing in those levels but not every weekend exactly that's my like, point like if you want to drop down and just run one race with us or whatever cool like i might learn something from you right but when you're just out demolishing everybody every week one that's got to get boring mm-hmm. like well no because then they go out there and kick ass and win money and get all the recognition but that's my thing it's like with the stock compacts it's like it's the same people winning every freaking week and it's like you could run pros and be just as competitive so why not move up yeah you may not win every race but hey you're still getting better like at the at that point when you're just winning every race because you're you know your experience level is just way above everybody else's you're not getting any better you're not challenging yourself right yeah that's my take on it i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna sit here and say that i could ever i could have ever won a, a race in the stock compacts but it's like I would have had a better chance if they got rid of all the cars breaking rules and moving them up to the next division. I would have had a, absolutely would have had a better chance at being more competitive. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to do when you have cars running nineteen threes and nineteen fives or whatever it was, like nineteen fast, and you know you're running a twenty, you're running a second second half slower. I would like to know how someone runs a nineteen three seven in a Crown Vic at Mount Lawn. And what was it like their second race ever? Yeah. Or in well, that car? Yes, I think it was that car. I don't know if it was his second race ever or what. I could have misunderstood, but yeah, no way. Like, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, but like, that's insane to me. Oh, we know you get their cars from, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's all I have. Well, did you want to go into the IROC race at all? I mean, I can give a very brief. Or it was eye pacing. It was shit. <laughs> we ran 88 of 150 laps under caution, 18 caution flags. I think our longest run was maybe 10 laps. Yeah. Where did you end up finishing? Seventh. I finished 12th. I finished. Uh, so I started in the back, made my way up quick, mm-hmm. uh, spun out, didn't hit anything, joined back in at the rear of the field, worked my way back up to seventh at the end of the first stage uh ended up going a lap down to fix some repairs from something i hit something or somebody (laughs) uh ended up going a lap down caution came out got the lucky dog got back on the lead lap worked my way back up towards the front finished second stage in eighth ended up back in the back again somehow oh i got involved in like four four wrecks on the last stage like i just couldn't get out of the way right it was chaos and then ended up finishing seventh so i'm not complaining I got four. If you know how I racing works, you'll understand what I'm about to say. Four incident points were my fault. I ended up leaving the track with 26, I believe is what we determined. Yeah. I also had four that were potentially my fault. And I I will say after watching it, um, me assuming that the car to my outside was going to go up towards the wall a little more is on me. So I will take responsibility for that. Um, so four of my 24 were my fault. Um, so got involved in almost every single wreck. 
that happened. Um, after the race, I walked out to the living room. Dad goes, what the hell happened? I said, fuck, I don't know, but I finished the best race of my career, so I don't care. Um, last season, I finished 10th at Bristol, but this has been my best finish ever, and it's been good for points. I think I'm sitting 31st in points right now. Um, so good run for me. I don't care. Like Wally was parked in front of me, and I blasted through him. I was like, out of my way. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and wait because I thought maybe the costume was going to come out. Didn't. Um, so I finished 12th. I'm not sure where Hunter finished. Um, we were supposed to sponsor this race. Shout out to Wally for forgetting because I still enjoyed it. I was like, no offense, but I'm glad our name wasn't associated with this race. It was bad. So Chris Wally, who is our league admin. Shout out, Chris. We appreciate you. Yes. He lives in Florida, so he was kind of dealing with stuff for the hurricane, so he didn't have a chance to get everything ready for that, which I'm perfectly okay with because that, which I don't think this next race is going to be any better. We go to Martinsville. Mm. So I don't know, though, because Martinsville always seems to be better than Nashville and in, in IRP. Now, I don't know if we're allowed to say this, but rumor has it that uh, IRP won't be on the schedule next season, which is unfortunate. I love racing on uh, IRP. I do, good too. At it. Uh, I would say I'm good at it, but I'm able to stay clean. And I was going to say I was running consistently, like, front of the pack. Like, 15th was kind of where I was sitting at. So, um, consistent at that track because I'm patient and I know how to run the track and i feel like how these people don't um we could talk about this off the air but i was going to ask you last night before our internet kicked us out of discord whatever the fuck happened there um if if the rumor is true about irp if nas if nashville will be the next victim i also don't know if you saw my message but i sent you a message right before i got kicked out of discord because our internet failed i thought we were being attacked not gonna lie um i said Damn, IRP, another lost speedway rip. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. And then my internet kicked. I was like, what happened? But um, I hope not. I mean, it's unfortunate. I really wish they will race there next year. But I mean, after having what, three consecutive years of just shit show. But like I said last night, I think IRP shows uh, who, who, who knows how to drive and who doesn't. Yeah. And I think it's a good track to keep. Like, yes, it's a caution fest, but. Like I it, think it shouldn't have to be there. There has to be a way to clean up the racing. Like some of these guys just don't care. <laughs> Ooh, while we're on it, because you mentioned that, so uh, it was announced by Wally that they're going to move to a new rule. An it's not new, limit. but it, we've had it before. But any track less than a mile or a mile uh, incident limit twenty incident points, you're disqualified. What do you think about that? Because we talked about it briefly last night, real quick. I like it to an extent. But again, a lot of it comes down to you just get involved in stuff that's not your fault. You're fucked. And you, you, there's nothing you can do about it. Yep. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. There's I was like, pros and cons. Yeah. But it's also like if you're the victim. Like me, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I have caused issues. But most of the time, I it seems like I'm involved in someone else's stuff. And so 20 incident points seems like a lot. But at a track like IRP. You typically get four at a time. Yeah. So that's what? Five five incidences that you can be involved in. I mean, some tracks are more, like, strict than others. Like, IRP, you can hit the wall a couple times, and it doesn't really, you don't get any. Mm -hmm. But, like, if you, sometimes the slightest bumper tap, 4X. Yeah. So, if you're somebody who is racing clean uh, and gets involved in everyone else's stuff, you're screwed, and your race is over. And we race for points and uh, money, so it kind of sucks, but... I don't know. I hope. I mean, this series is great. This league is great. I enjoy most of the people we race with, and uh, 
don't know. I hope we can figure it out, but that's all I have. Same here. All right. Uh, we are approaching Winchester 400 weekend, I'm so excited. I think uh, we have some some ideas coming up um, as we prepare for Winchester 400 weekend. We're excited. Um, also, my birthday weekend. It's a big deal because it's your birthday weekend. It's our one-year anniversary. Uh, it's just the Winchester 400, uh, so it's a great weekend all around. Weather, I I'm don't see the future, but I'm, I'm hoping it's, it's a lot better than last year. Yes. Um, so exciting all around i'm getting excited i'm gonna jinx us but i'm gonna say it okay we're gonna get rained on at winchester don't say that hurricane don't say that fuck it (laughs) we'll survive a hurricane in a fucking tent well what i'm saying is like it's supposed to come all the way up to like tennessee that's true yeah so like we're gonna get something from it there's no way we don't surely yeah i don't know maybe it'll be in and out it won't impact the campground too much i really don't want to get stuck again that was a that was a shit show anyway uh we will be back next week with another episode hopefully we can get aj back with us he had some some class for his i don't even remember what it was i think he's getting his emt cert so he had class tonight but aj's out saving lives so doing better than me we appreciate him and we miss him very much Anyway, hopefully we can get us all three back in here and have a good time again. But until then, see ya.